welcome to our newest episode of the Lebanese uh, Physicians uh, Podcast. And uh, today we'll be discussing the, the Global Smile Foundation, a, a foundation that has a long history of taking care of uh, cleft lip and cleft palate uh, patients. Uh, and we will discuss it more with Drs. Osama Hamdan and Dr. Rami Qatar. Uh, Dr. Hamdan is the president and co-founder of the Global Smile Foundation. And he uh, is currently based in uh, Boston, Massachusetts, where he has uh, held uh, former uh, university appointments with Boston University, Harvard Medical School, and uh, Tufts Medical School. He has also started the comprehensive uh, cleft uh, palate workshop, uh, which is one of the largest uh, workshops uh, in the world and uh, has people from all over the world uh, joining it. Uh, uh, and we will discuss it more during this uh, podcast. And Our other guest, Dr. Rami Kantar, who is currently a general trauma surgery resident at the University of Maryland in Baltimore. He is currently close to me, but in six months, he will be moving to New York City, to NYU, to start his plastic and reconstructive uh, surgery training uh, over there. And I'm sure he will do great uh, with that. Uh, welcome, Dr. Sfandan and Dr. Kantar to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for having us, Dr. Diab. We really appreciate it. Of course, of course. So I'm going to start uh, first with asking you, asking you both. So just describe to us, because some people don't know exactly what cleft lip and cleft palate are, but uh, what are cleft lip and cleft palate and how, do, how does it happen? So cle- cleft lip and palate uh, basically consist of congenital anomal- de- anomalies or congenital defects in the craniofacial area. Um, they can occur either separately or concomitantly, meaning that you can have an isolated cleft lip, an isolated cleft palate, or patients can have a combination of a cleft lip and a palate. In most cases, they occur in an isolated fashion, meaning that patients who have them don't have any associated congenital anomalies or other associated syndromes, but they also occur within the setting of congenital syndromes. The exact cause of isolated cleft lip and or palate, which is not associated with syndromic cleft lip or palate, is not known yet as of now, but there has been some associations that have been associated with the, with the disease, including nutrition and nutritional, environmental, as well as hereditary and familial factors. Great. And so how did... Dr. Hamdan, since you are one of the founders of the Global Smile Foundation, how did the idea behind, behind the foundation start? GSF was founded over 14 years ago by groups of people who have been involved with outreach cleft care for over three decades. The key point, basically, uh, everybody was interested in uh, providing integrated interdisciplinary cleft care and not the fragmented care that many of the groups do. Uh, They run into different countries, well-intentioned, but unfortunately the damage created by many of these groups is much more than the the help uh, that's offered to uh, many of the communities uh, because it is fragmented care in in many ways. So Global Smart Foundation founders said, you know what, the time has come really for us to put our uh, you know, uh, well, well-intentioned uh, efforts together, and to, to try to provide our patients with not only uh, surgery, but speech, psychosocial, dental, orthodontic, and a variety of other nutritional uh, comprehensive services that our patients uh, need and certainly deserve. And so, your your foundation consists of 
people from all disciplines that we just mentioned, I guess, is multidisciplinary foundation. That's correct. I mean, the size of the team, typically when we go to Ecuador, where we have been working now for the past 34 years, and you know, we're entering really into our 35 years of uh, covering uh, that part of the world, uh, the team is close to 60 people, 10 to 12 senior surgeons who are currently practicing cleft uh, in their uh, home-based uh, area, pediatric anesthesiologists, speech pathologists, dentists, orthodontists, recovery room nurses, OR nurses, perioperative nurses, pediatric intensivists, uh, child psychologists, photographers, so on and so forth. Plus, we also partner with people on uh, in each side. So in Ecuador, we have Fundacion Global Smile Ecuador, uh, that's well uh, uh, founded and uh, fully operational there. And we have a class center that we established that over 10 years ago that provides care even when we're not there. And I assume, I assume it started off in, in one or two countries initially, right? And so which countries did it start off in first and how many countries does it cover right now, the foundation? It started actually in Ecuador uh, 34 years ago, and we're currently the largest cleft provider in, in that country. We operate on over 50% of all the patients born in Ecuador. We cover 18 out of 24 provinces, and we have... Uh, initially now two missions a year each mission uh two weeks and now we're starting a third mission as well in the last uh, mission that we had in uh, guayaquil in last september a couple of months ago we the team ended up operating on 95 patients in a matter of eight days with outstanding outcomes uh this is certainly the number that most of what's done at major teaching hospitals in a year or two uh, as well. But they, what makes a difference basically is our team members are all major uh, professionals uh, working at many of the teaching institutions throughout uh, the country. We also have presence in uh, Peru, where we partner with the largest healthcare provider there, Salud, that owns and runs 400 hospitals. Uh, we have been working there since uh, 2003. Uh, we also present in uh, El Salvador at the Children's Hospital in Benjamin Bloom. And uh, we've had presence in uh, uh, Guatemala, uh, Brazil, and many other uh, Latin American countries. We also has, uh, had missions in Latin West Africa that uh, we stopped in 2015 because of the security situation. So we've covered Ivory Coast, Burkina Faso, Niger, uh, Senegal, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, and 2012, we started in Lebanon, uh, what started a small mission with three patients, has grown to become now two missions a year. We are the largest cleft provider in Lebanon as well. We're operating in over 50 plus percent of all the patients born there. Uh, whatever your nationality is, you as long as you're needy, uh, you come through the door, we provide you the care for free irrespective of uh, color, background, religion, nationality, whatever, basically, the, uh, that, you know, that part of the world is usually involved with all these divisions. So we typically, right now, our population is, uh, a large number of it is uh, refugees uh, population, uh, as well as uh, uh, patients from the whole North Africa as well, uh, plus Lebanon, Palestine, Syria, Iraq, uh, so on and so forth. They all come to Lebanon for the care uh, that they get. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we work, we work with uh, some of the large institutions, uh, NGOs like UNICEF, uh, International Committee for the Red Cross, United Nations, our Commission for Refugees, uh, Special Olympics uh, International as well. 
um, and it, you know, so they refer the patients over to us along with many of the local NGOs as well. And how many patients have you treated since the foundation started? I guess over the, all over the world. Uh, you know, as you can tell from the numbers that we do, we do an average of 350 surgical uh, patient, surgical cases every year, an average of 1,500 patients uh, per year at all the locations. So if you do the math uh, times 35, you know, we've taken care of thousands of patients. The more important thing really, Khalil, is uh, not the impact on, on these patients, it's the impact also on their life, uh, on, on, the, on their family. Um, we, I'll, I'll tell you two simple uh, stories. Uh, we went down uh, to Ecuador in 2004 and I had an Argentinian Ecuadorian uh, team member with me. And we saw in one day, 354 patients. And she said, I lived in this country for 15 years. I never saw a patient on the street with a cleft lip. I said, because they're hidden at home. And, uh, and because people are ashamed of bringing their, uh, their uh, family members out, uh, that requires three to five family members to take care of every child or adult uh, who is being hidden at home. We started in Lebanon in 2012 with three patients. We barely found patients to operate on when we first started. And they started coming out of the woodwork. And it turned out actually Lebanon has four times higher incidence of cleft lip and pellet than anywhere else in the world. One in 422 compared to one in 15 or 1600. Uh, the reason for that, as Rami eloquently mentioned, uh, basically lack of folic acid, consanguinity, maternal diabetes during pregnancy, uh, exposure to smoking, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, and unfortunately, the, uh, the numbers are staggering, uh, but they end up also hiding them at home, which unfortunate because it's depriving the society from three to five fully functional uh, family, I mean, uh, members of the society that can really make uh, a major contribution. And uh, Rami, why don't you update Khalil a bit on the social and uh, financial impact of the study that you recently published in the uh, Craniofacial Journal? Absolutely. Um, so another thing that I think is worth mentioning, Dr. Diab, is that uh, I feel like what separates us from other foundations and other nonprofits and non and other um, not-for-profit organizations is that we're very critical about our outcomes and making sure that we're evaluating our outcomes in a longitudinal fashion to make sure that we're implementing the change that we need and that we want in the areas where we operate. And, and part of that assessment and analysis that we do is, is, a, is a clinical assessment of the burden that we've alleviated for our patients over the last decade or so since we since we started operating in several countries and in one recent study that we published not too long ago we basically calculated what is the economic burden that we are sparing every patient with primary cleft lip or palate that is alleviated by a cleft lip or palate operation and we found that number to be between 40 to 80 thousand dollars um, and as Dr. Hamdan mentioned, during every mission, we treat anywhere between 80 to more than 100 patients. And that is only counting patients who undergo primary cleft lip or primary cleft palate repair, the surgery itself, and not counting the speech associated with it, the dental treatment that the patients get before the surgery that optimizes them to get to the point where they are 
as prepared as possible to get the surgery in addition to all of the dental work that comes after that. Um, and, and, and you can imagine if you, if you multiply the number of patients that we've treated over the last decade plus by 40 to $80,000 per patient, then that amounts into several million dollars of, of spared economic burden for these patients and their families, which they can invest in, in, in alleviating themselves from, from their poverty, poverty and their poor social conditions, which is most of the areas that we operate in. Yeah, and that, that is, I guess, because these patients, if they're not operated on, they tend to stay home and then have family members take care of them. So basically, it's a double economic burden because they're not functioning economically, and then their family members are not functioning to full capacity because they have to take care of them. That's, uh, that, that's correct. And the other problem as well, Khalil, is uh, the substandard care that's being offered to many of the patients. Uh, who end up actually uh, seeking care uh, from unqualified people and ending up with con you know uh, lifelong uh, facial deformity that uh, many of us cannot can even correct. So what we've been trying to do uh, are two things. One is uh, educating the public uh, that if you want to seek you know help, seek help from somebody who's well trained and uh, also someone who know their limits. Uh, I, I always keep telling my fellows, uh, you know, you need to figure out what your limits are as a human being and as a surgeon to make sure that you're not inflicting any damage on, on the life of anyone. And uh, we see, unfortunately, a lot of uh, cases that are being mishandled, uh, especially in, in, in the Arab world right now, in countries that have been involved with the uh, current war, Syria, Iraq, Yemen, and many other places. Uh, uh, my understanding, some places actually are, patients are being operated on by urologists. Anyone who comes in through the door, uh, the patient is undergoing under the knife. So it's crucial to, for us to increase the public awareness uh, about you know, the availability of care by well-intentioned and well-provided and well-trained groups like ours and to avoid basically care being provided by you know, people who uh, might not be able to help their children in, in the right way. Because the cost of correcting these deformities on the long run is astronomically so high, uh, not to mention the psychological trauma that uh, these, uh, these uh, families have to go through. And, 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 I th and I think as Rami mentioned uh, to me before the interview that, uh, and you mentioned to me too, is that the foundation not only does the surgeries and does the multidisciplinary care, but also provides like comprehensive care afterwards and also provides training to some of the local physicians uh, for appropriate uh, cleft lip and cleft palate care afterwards, which as you mentioned, probably is important because then you have physicians on the ground who can help these patients too if the foundation is not there. Uh, that's correct actually. And uh, because again, there's nothing like empowerment uh, of the local talent. Uh, I was uh, giving some lectures at the World Congress in Chennai in 2017, and two Afghani surgeons approached me and said, would you be interested in uh, coming to Afghanistan to train us? I said, you know, uh, I don't think it's the right idea, you know, for me to, to be going to, to Afghanistan. And uh, so, uh, but let me at least uh, maybe, we'll, we'll, this is actually the idea how it came up. Uh, to develop the comprehensive cleft care workshop. So the first workshop was held in Lebanon um, in 2018 and Global Smile Foundation invited 
these two Afghani surgeons at our own cost and paid for the airfare, accommodation, visas, uh, everything, registration fees. Uh, the, um, the workshop was attended by 90 uh, cleft providers from, uh, I believe or not, 27 countries. Uh, and the concept actually behind this uh, workshop is it loops back into the same continental area every three years. So you don't get bored with us every year. And at the same time, we're bringing the world authorities in the field to lecture. So you're not being trained by people who are kind of novices in, in the area. Uh, 2019, we held our workshop in Latin America. Uh, the numbers doubled to 180 people from 37 countries. Uh, Chennai, India was supposed to be in 2020. Uh, because of COVID, we converted into virtual, but the numbers uh, shot up to 302. And uh, very happy actually that our workshop in Istanbul, Turkey last month uh, was, uh, we had 489 registered from 68 countries. 200 or so actually were in person and the other were virtual. Um, and this is really the power of uh, education and training uh, for us to be able to help uh, people who need this kind of care. Um, I was reached, uh, somebody reached out to me from Portugal uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, they have a very kind of intractable case that uh, they saw being, uh, you know, the treatment option at the workshop. And they said, you know, uh, we're learning how to actually tackle some of these issues at the workshop. Otherwise, we would not have been able to help our patients and on the ground, even in Western countries like Europe and things like that. So again, the power of education and training is quite significant. Um, we, for every trainee, if you see an average of 200 patients a year, you're impacting the life of almost 4,000 uh, patients in 20-year practice. So if you had around 500 attending the workshop, you're talking about almost 2 million uh, patients impacted in a, almost a 20-year period. And this is the power of education and training. Right, right. And talking about training, it looks like also uh, surgical trainees are involved in the foundation. And I think we have an example here, uh, uh, Rami, who's been involved. So Rami, how did you get involved with the foundation? And... Uh, and can you tell us a bit about your experience and uh, what you learned uh, from it? Absolutely. Um, so I initially moved from Lebanon to the United States to Boston, uh, where I did a research fellowship at the Mass General Hospital, Harvard Medical School in oncology, thinking at that point that I wanted to go into surgical oncology. And then shortly before starting residency, about six months before starting my general surgery residency, I, I met Osama and got involved with volunteering with Global Smile Foundation. And that's been almost a decade ago. And it's been an amazing journey since then. Um, throughout my time with the foundation then, um, I've been involved initially as a volunteer, started off as a mission coordinator by volunteering with the foundation, went on a couple of missions as a photographer, and then as I grew through my surgical training, I was fortunate enough to be able to, to assist with some of these operations. Um, and as Dr. Hamdan mentioned, um, all of the operations are done by board certified plastic and reconstructive surgeons or cleft surgeons or otolaryngologists who do this on a, on, a, on a unique basis in their daily practices. And it's very unique for us as trainees, both international trainees from the United States, but, but also local trainees at the sites where we operate to be involved and to participate in these operations and to see how these operations are done to, to ultimately translate that into our training. 
Um, I was also fortunate enough to be involved with mentoring our research fellows, uh, organizing the educational workshops. And uh, I'm very happy, I'm just very happy and proud with, with how much we've grown over the last decade. And as Dr. Hamdan mentioned, we started from 100 participants in our Beirut workshop to 500 participants in our last workshop in, in Turkey. And, and again, to, to go back to the, to the point that we made about the missions, which is, which is the importance of being critical that we're achieving the outcome that we're setting off to do in the beginning. We also do that with our workshops. And so at the end of every workshop, we critically analyze and, and assess what the participants experience was. Um, and, and we've been fortunate enough to, to gather and generate very interesting and very encouraging data that shows that participants in our workshops are not only pleased with the educational content that they're getting through the workshops, but have predominantly and, and, and the majority reported that they would participate again, recommend their workshop to their colleagues, and also reported an impact on their clinical practice about six months to 12 months down the line. Meaning that hopefully we are creating that ripple effect in the cleft community that, that Dr. Hamdan was mentioning. Yeah, and hopefully that will be seen in, in the multiple countries that these participants uh, are, are coming from. Uh, and do you, do you have any, can you share with us uh, some patient success stories? Because I know it's been operating for, for many years now. So patients who have been operated on and who are grown-ups now and, and their, their stories uh, after having been treated for cleft lip and cleft palate. Every patient has a story and it's amazing how, uh, you know, once you scratch the surface, uh, the impact that you can have on, on the lives of uh, these patients. Uh, um, can you see the screen? Yes. All right. So uh, way before uh, COVID, people have been using face masks uh, to hide their uh, facial disfigurements, uh, like this patient, and they walk around the street. This is uh, somebody from Mali from 2007, 2008. And I always say, imagine living all your life like this, uh, year upon year, uh, from India to Africa, uh, and, uh, you know, completely uh, stigmatized and uh, hiding in your own home uh, because nobody has been able to provide you with the proper care that uh, you much need. This is the quality of care that we try to provide our patients. This is Mateus, uh, uh, a Venezuelan refugee uh, whose aunt uh, called the mother in Venezuela from Ecuador and said, uh, the American group is here. Why don't you bring Mateus and come over? Mateus is a preemie, uh, was born at 32 weeks and was underweight. We could not operate on him because of uh, significant uh, uh, you know, malnutrition. Uh, one of our board members and Fundacion Global Smile Ecuador contributed to uh, providing him with the formula for six months. And then we came back in uh, September uh, of that year, and we were able to um, do the surgery on him. And actually, we're writing up this case in the literature because um, of the way that has been handled to provide the premaxillary setback uh, and uh, the, the surgical outcome. Uh, the you know two to three hours of surgery and uh, with the minimal overhead can really impact uh, the life of so many patients. Uh, we have probably some of the longest uh, follow-up uh, of patients uh, throughout the world. We proposed 
uh, last year uh, the first roadmap on developing sustainable cleft care where uh, augmented reality is part of this thing. These are my two fellows doing surgery in Ecuador and I'm guiding them from my office in Boston, 3,500 miles away. And this is the workshop component as well that I was uh, just telling you about where each one has their own uh, model and are being mentored by some of the world uh, leading uh, physicians. Uh, this is where we started in 1987 and uh, into the current size that we're at right now uh, between Ecuador and Peru. And uh, the size of the team is quite, uh, quite significant. This is the presence where we are in, in various parts of the world. The, the orange ones are the active sites right now. And uh, in Ecuador, we have patients coming in actually with the ECHO. We provide them with the uh, pre-natal um, counseling and the psychosocial support. And then the baby is born. We provide them with the right feeding bottles uh, to enhance um, their, uh, their feeding. Our website has also all the resources that the families need uh, for that. A uh, lot of psychological trauma that the families have to put up with. So they meet with our child psychologist. And then we provide them with the uh, pre-surgical orthopedics, dental care, the surgical care uh, throughout, uh, speech therapy uh, as well uh, after that. And uh, this is just an example of some of the patients that we have been taking care of. These are, again, uh, some of the setback techniques uh, that we have described in literature. And Global Smile Foundation has the largest series in the world uh, for uh, this kind of uh, surgical management of uh, these patients. We do four surgeries and one Khalil that allows us basically to provide this kind of outcome for, uh, for these patients. And uh, uh, we follow up the patients year after year. This is Karim from Beirut, uh, whose lip was done, followed by the cleft palate, and uh, Aya as well uh, from, from Beirut. This young man, basically the mother, he was born in a small island in the Amazon in Northern part of Brazil. The mother gave him up and left the father. The father brought him up with the help of a 70 year old female neighbor, uh, who was almost like a grandmother who took care of him. They found out that we were coming to Macapá, which is literally in the Northern part of, of Brazil, right next to Suriname. And they canoed in a, uh, for three and a half days up the Amazonian river until they reached Macapá and we were able to provide the surgery for him. Um, that's why I was telling you basically every patient has a story and it is amazing. You can see basically, and it has been, this is like three days post-op and you can see the smile on his face and how ecstatic he is uh, uh, to have it done. Uh, this young gentleman, Mamadou, basically came to us two years later in Ivory Coast and he said, I go to school now and, the and the my classmates don't beat me up. They don't make fun of me because I don't have a cleft lip anymore and I'm able to integrate better into my, my class. Uh, you know, Lean, one of our first patients in, uh, in Lebanon, 10 years later. Uh, Marciano, 57 year old, done under local anesthesia. And uh, the, the wife came to me in the recovery room and said, thank you, my husband just gave me my first kiss in 30 years of marriage. Um, so even the simple thing that you take for granted of hugging, kissing, you know, uh, basically the, many of our patients basically lack this kind of uh, pleasure to be able to share with, uh, with their loved one. All these are patients of ours that we've been taking care of since 1992. They have grown up to be a young adult men and women uh, in medical school, in law school, and uh, 
Freddie is actually is in law school, you know, almost 20, 23, 24 years later. Uh, Yahaira is 30 years old. This is among the longest term follow-up in outreach setting that any of the groups have. And, uh, and Haura, basically, this is, how we always say, the uh, power of transformation. You can see, basically, this is, she's from the northern part of Lebanon. And you can see the transformation over the course of seven years, how she has grown to be, you know, the, the kind of stunning young lady, basically. And the gentleman who did this video is uh, no one but uh, Diego, who was also a patient of ours from 1996. And he's now on our payroll. And uh, he's our photographer and travels with us uh, all over the world. So, uh, so this is really basically the ability to... Uh, share your know-how and your goodwill and make a difference in the life of others and uh, make this a better place uh, irrespective of nationality color background religion because at the end of the day we're all you know one 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 human being and one mankind and we need to take care of each other right right and these pictures i mean show how much these patients uh, how much these, these patients lives has changed actually uh by doing these surgeries i mean it's a big change uh, before and after the surgery that we just saw right now. And I know you, uh, your foundation just came from a visit to or from a mission in Lebanon uh, recently. Uh, can you tell us how that was and, uh, and what the needs in Lebanon are right now, especially given the economic conditions over there? Uh, I, I mean, it was uh, disheartening because I've never seen the country uh, uh, facing so many difficulties, a lot of shortage of medications. We had to bring in medications from Turkey, um, uh, China, I'm sorry, from Turkey, India, Mexico, Colombia, and the United States just to be able to provide uh, some of the much needed uh, care for, for, for our patients. Uh, economical situation is pretty bad uh, throughout and my really my heart goes out to, to many of the people over there. Uh, on the positive note, uh, we were able to take care of uh, 29 patients. Uh, we ended up actually uh, operating on, on these patients with outstanding outcomes. I was very happy with the, with the results. And um, I will share with you uh, the, uh, the trip report from, from, that, uh, from that mission. So this is literally uh, fresh out of print. Um, uh, 34 years in, um, in outreach cleft programs and 10 years of cleft uh, program in, in, Ecuador, in uh, Lebanon. We saw 61 patients, 31 surgeries on 29 patients, 80, or, 80 oral hygienes. And this is the team. Uh, and AUB uh, sent seven of their plastic surgical residents and three of their pediatric residents. And uh, St. George Pelaman sent one of their ENT residents to work with us as well. Plus, we had a lot of dentists and orthodontists from LAU, BAU, um, and many of the other uh, dental schools and uh, the universities. This is Sharafuddin, uh, and this is immediately uh, post-operatively. Uh, Soraya, and you can see also the transformation, the beautiful girl who will have the chance to have a perfectly normal life as she grows on. Uh, Abdul Amin as well, um, and Anas. Uh, Ammar, Mirna, Aline. Uh, Aline's uh, mom broke down in tears. She said uh, to me, my daughter was born today. 
My daughter was not born four, years, four months ago. I cannot take out my daughter anywhere. I'll be, I'll, I won't feel ashamed. And uh, her siblings can hug her and kiss her and they won't feel estranged. And again, this is the power of transformation that you can see in a matter literally of, of, of two hours. And, uh, the, and the impact that psychologically that uh, uh, these uh, facial clefts have on the life of uh, so many of, uh, of our patients. And as you can see, basically, they, uh, I'm very happy with the outstanding outcome that the patients uh, ended up having. And we followed up uh, many of the patients uh, who came in, Kareem uh, already had his uh, lip and palate done, as well as uh, Tabit. Uh, Mila had her palate done on, on this uh, mission. Uh, Ali as well. And so we tried to do their lips and then follow up with the palate. And at the age of 15 to 20, we do their primary cleft lip uh, uh, rhinoplasty. So uh, um, so this, uh, we ended up uh, operating uh, for four and a half days. And um, we're looking forward to our next mission in April. We have a full schedule for April and November, believe it or not. Uh, what we're lacking really is uh, uh, well-intentioned people to help the foundation to cover some of these surgeries so that we can continue to uh, provide care for these patients. Yeah, that was my next question. These are all powerful images and powerful work. And how do you continue to, to get your uh, donations and, uh, and who sponsors are or who are the sponsors for the foundation? Both uh, individuals and corporations uh, in Beirut also we partner with Smile Train, who also uh, help uh, with our mission. We partner with some local and international NGOs, uh, but at the end of the day, really, it comes down to uh, uh, many of our friends, family members, uh, board members, colleagues uh, who uh, adopt one, two, three, five uh, surgeries at a time. Uh, it costs us an average of $1,500 to provide uh, a cleft lip or palate repair. Uh, the patient uh, pay zero. Uh, they, we take care of all the hospital charges. We send them home with painkillers, with antibiotics. Uh, so they come in, they get the care done and they go home basically at no cost to them. And again, with the highest quality care. Um, so we hope that, you know, again, people will just go and kind of reflect back on uh, should I, you know, buy a couple of uh, cups of coffee at Starbucks? <laughs> Uh, or can I, can I, you know, save, you know, 30, 50 bucks uh, a month and cover for the surgery of, of a child and put a smile on, on, the, on, the, on the child's face. And, uh, yeah. And the way to donate is through, through a website, right? That's correct. Yeah. Through gsmile.org. It's pretty easy to find. And uh, so and what, what are the future plans, I guess, any future plans of expansion uh, with the workshop or with... Uh, the missions? Uh, so our schedule basically is the following. January is, uh, is El Salvador. Uh, February will be in uh, India, uh, uh, checking out the site for our workshop in 2024, because the workshop basically is already set up all the way into 2025. Uh, March, we have a two-week mission in Ecuador. Uh, Burley come back uh, to the States, and then we have a, a mission to Lebanon. Uh, with only one week rest. And then we have a second mission to Ecuador uh, because we've been invited by the uh, Santa Elena province to have another mission there different from the one in the Guayas, uh, followed by mission to Peru in May. And, uh, and then we are presenting uh, 10 papers or more at the World Congress in Edinburgh uh, in, in July. 
followed by the two-week uh, mission in uh, Ecuador in September, uh, followed by the uh, uh, workshop in Rio de Janeiro, which now we're expanding into three and a half days. And we're expecting uh, close to 500 people from Latin America with 70 world leaders who are speaking from 20 different countries. And then followed up with a uh, one, week, one week mission to uh, uh, Beirut in November. So that's, uh, that's the schedule for 2022. That's a hectic schedule. I mean, I'm, I feel tired just listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait until you start packing and unpacking and putting together 15 suitcases and shopping out to the airport and then getting them through customs and getting them into the hospital and taking care of the patient and PCR testing every patient and their family member and getting them in and then providing them with dinner. But that's what we typically do to ensure everyone's safety. We have had zero breakdown in COVID cases since we started our uh, policies and we published actually our experience so far that's now being used as a guideline by many other international NGOs. So the patients come in uh, every day uh, where they get PCR tested in the morning. And then once the results are out, those who are negative, uh, we get them into the hospital at our own cost. And then we provide the family with dinner. And then the second day they get screened. They cannot leave the hospital as soon as they walk in we will provide them with any of their needs outside the hospital. Then the surgery is done the following day and then they get discharged uh, you know, the, the following day. So like a 72 hour stay. Um, and, uh, and then this goes on day on day on day on basically one after the other. And then you're done usually by Friday with low black tie dinner. So people can enjoy themselves and then you're back home by Sunday. So that's, that's a typical, one week or 10 day mission. And you can multiply that by seven or eight. So anytime you want to help Khalil, you're more than welcome. Yeah, for sure. I will, I will contact you. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Rami, any, uh, any words of advice, any final words of advice for uh, trainees who uh, think about joining the foundation and helping out with it? Absolutely. Um, I guess the piece of advice I have is if you are considering joining an organization, definitely think highly of Global Smile Foundation. Uh, I can only speak positively and, and, and very highly of the experience I've had over the last decade. And so I'd highly encourage anyone who's interested in the field to reach out to us, get involved, get in touch. Um, and the other overall general piece of advice I have for medical students, residents, trainees who are interested in global surgery, whether it's in cleft surgery or other, is, is to do it for the right reasons and, uh, and, and not to feel overwhelmed about getting involved in these initiatives, which is what I, I initially felt when I started getting involved and started traveling. I think the important thing is to commit and to engage in these initiatives in a longitudinal fashion um, you can start small. Um, I started with a local fundraiser before traveling with the foundation, started as a photographer before starting assisting with the surgical procedures. Um, so I'd, I'd highly recommend to think of the commitment as a, as a longitudinal capacity building commitment rather than a one, one type, one time type of deal. Yeah. Great advice. And, uh, Dr. Hamdan, any final words? Basically, I just, uh, you know, second what uh, Rami said. The, uh, A, you need to ask yourself, what am I doing on the face of this earth? B, 
uh, you know, you need to be able to share your blessings with others. Uh, C, you need to ask yourself every day, what did I do to better someone else's life today? Uh, from the minor thing of stopping your car to let someone cross the road to helping open up door to do surgery, to donate, to whatever. Uh, D, the pleasure is in the journey. It's not getting to point B and to point C. Enjoy every single moment of it, as Rami said very eloquently. And uh, enjoy the, the pleasure of changing other people's lives, uh, interacting with uh, well-intentioned people like yourself and well-minded well people as well. And uh, at the end of the day, you look back and you see how much enriched your life is as well, how much you've enriched the life of others as well. Yeah, that is, that is very good advice. And I think we can see it uh, through this uh, podcast today, just uh, with this starting as a small foundation initially, and it has grown so much over the past uh, three decades uh, to serve uh, thousands of people at this point and change their lives. So uh, it was great uh, talking to you both uh, and great learning a lot about the Global Smile Foundation today. Thank you. Thank you so much, Khalil, for your kind invite. And thank you, Rami as well for all your uh, wonderful leadership. Thanks a lot for the opportunity, Dr. Diab, and thank you for everything over the last decade and more, Osama. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Be well. Take care. Thank you so much.